Let's make welcome Pastor Roy. Hallelujah, Sister Melania. It's so good to have you. Come on up. Just you gonna let her sing a song for us? I think she'll bring greetings. <laughs> you may give this to her. Well, before we do that, everybody, come on. Let's just pray for them. Extend your hands towards them. The man of God and the woman of God for this hour. Yes, Father God, in the name of Jesus, have your way. Holy Ghost, strengthen. Holy Ghost, empower. Holy Ghost, do go beyond preparation. Lord, we prepare, but our greatest preparation is to come into your presence and say, have your way. Do wonders. Speak wonders. Life-changing word in and through your servant tonight god we pray and lord god give him as he said he's just getting started strengthen this body from the top of his head to the soles of his feet let that renewal of years come in to us in him like that of the eagle let him be renewed that he can continue to carry on this mantle of ministry that you've called he and his wife to Bless each and every one of them now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good evening. I am glad to be with you again. Thanks, God, for everyone. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your help us in every way. Thank you for everything. God bless you. We love you. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. What a church. Living, alive, positive. I can't get over how magnificently positive Pastor Rodica is. Everything that come out of her mouth is positive and lifting and encouraging. That's a decision that she has obviously made at some altar. And then to think that she's Romanian born. And then some young, handsome dude riding on a white horse comes along and scoops her up. <laughs> and then from that, 3,000 kids, each one better looking than the other one. Wow. If they didn't have a dime in their pocket, they would be rich. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Okay. I'm 39 years of age on my left side <laughs> and 39 on the right side. 
In 2003, I was sitting in a church office in Romania, going through a transition in life. Transitions are difficult. At least it was for me. And I was seeking God for the next chapter in my life because a prior chapter had closed. And like reading a book, I didn't want to go back to the old chapter and read it again. And so I was interested in closing that chapter and moving on to the next chapter. Transitions are difficult, and I'm sitting in this pastor's office, and as I'm sitting there, I, I sensed an inspiration come upon me, and I picked up a pen in hand and began to write, and this is what I wrote approximately. With apologies to... Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., I also have a dream. I have a dream that one day Romania will be the lighthouse that God has called it to be, shining forth the beams of the light of the gospel north to Norway and Sweden and west to France and Spain and south to Greece and east to the Ukraine and to Russia. I have a dream that people will come to a place in Romania where they can experience and find God not another religion, but himself. I had a dream that people would be healed, the broken would be put to back together again, and the water of life, apathia, the water of life that flows from under the throne of God will flow out throughout Europe, and beyond. People will be so filled with the Holy Spirit that they don't even understand the doctrine. But they know Him. And He knows them. And the life-giving water of flowing from the altar of God shall flow and flow and flow, and people shall be so inspired to pray that time at the altar would not differ from time at home and time in the streets. That people would pray and intercede before God without even trying. Just that water of life is flowing. And I sense here this evening 
That's exactly what's happening here. When I hear about what happened on Sunday, and I have Wi-Fi in Romania. And I can listen to your pastors preach. And your pastor, what's his name again? Dr. Tim Lambert. He doesn't use that doctor so much, but he's on the highest level. That man reminds me of a man in the Bible. His name was Apollos. He was eloquent. He was powerful in the scripture. Only our Apollos has been baptized in the Holy Ghost. and <laughs> speaking by the power, inspiration of the Spirit of God. He, he, he speaks, not just so you can understand, although he does that, but there's something deeper and, and, and more profound than that, that when he speaks, life is communicated. Life, you can close your eyes and you can hear the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through that man and you, you sense that you're being lifted, you're being healed, you're being changed, you're being delivered, you're being lifted by the power of God through the servant of God speaking. It's an incredible thing. And what a joy to be in touch with them and to know them. Thank you for being here. I'd like to uh, uh, bring you through the uh, update of this past year in Romania. And prior to that, I'd like to talk to you about three words, hear, perceive, and follow. Following where the Holy Spirit is leading. Today we have experts in time management. So this time management guy, efficiency expert, was going through the office of this major corporation and he visited every office to make sure that people were busy and doing what they're supposed to do and so on. And up on the upper floors, walks into a office and there's a desk, a chair, a big window, and there's a guy sitting in the chair with his feet up on the desk, looking out the window. So he goes to give his report and he says, well, you know, you've got a good functioning organization here, but I tell you, there's one guy you can let go. This guy up on that floor, or 14th floor, whatever it was, says, he's wasting your time and money. He's sitting there looking out the window with his feet up on the desk. Get rid of him. And the boy says, oh, no. That man has given us some of the most powerful ideas and some of the most creative thinking that has made this company millions. Why do you tell me that illustration, Roy? Because we have these experts that tell you they can measure you up and down. 
And they can tell you whether you're being productive or not. But they have no idea the power that comes through the prayer, the intercession of somebody that to the natural eye looks a little lazy. But in the eyes of God, they're moving the hand of God like an Abraham negotiating with God. And a mystery like this wouldn't happen unless there were people standing before God. And so these efficiency experts will tell you, you've got to have a five-year plan, a ten-year plan. And, uh, you know, you've got to plan everything. You can plan everything. And in some cases, I'm sure that's good. We can all use better redeeming the time, as the Apostle Paul says. But I read in the Bible we share together that in the Old Testament, God didn't tell them where they would be 10 years from now. Well, a vague idea. But every day, they just followed the Lord wherever he went. And if they weren't sure, they had a pillar of cloud by day. Oh, that's where you want to go. Well, I thought we were going to go over there, but the cloud is going there. Where are we going to go? My mind there or follow the cloud. And at nighttime, they were not left to themselves in darkness. By day and by night. And even the Apostle Paul, he had some idea he wanted to go into Asia. And, you know, the, the, the Bible says, let me see, they were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. It wasn't that Asia didn't need the word. It was that it was not time. And so what happened? Well, the Apostle Paul knew when to perceive, hear, perceive, and follow. So he didn't go to Asia. He decided to wait, and then the dream that he perceived was the will of God. Come over to Macedonia. Macedonia is not far from Romania. And Jesus, even in the garden, he didn't say, Lord, uh, I don't want this cup. Let this cup pass from me. But then he said some words that I think everyone here has said or prayed at some time. Lord, I've got a will. There are things that I want to do. Things I want to be. Places I want to go. But not my will. But thine be done. Can you say amen? amen? Okay, just checking to see you. And so, dear saints, what I'm going to share with you now is not just about me. 2001, my life was broken. I left the church I pastored for 20 years. It was difficult. But during that time, that looked so terrible, I had no idea 
that I was entering into the greatest time in ministry of my life through brokenness, through pain, through discouragement. And so these are some of the things that have happened. Number one, I got in touch with this church. And so I, I coined this phrase. I don't know if it... I thought about, how about Christian Embassy Europe? Amen. Yeah, why not? And uh, this, this powerful ministry really is an international ministry. Yes, it's led by uh, the leaders, the man and the woman whom God has appointed. But here they are ministering in a large church in a large city in Romania called Timisoara, ministering there. And then uh, I don't know what happened to this. <laughs> it looked okay on my computer, but don't stand on your head. But anyway, there's... Uh, uh, oh, th that's Caleb. That's Caleb. And uh, let's see. Oh, there they are. What a joy to have these young people with us there. And there's our pastor with Sister Vivi, our translator. And they're in the conference center that we have at Apavia. And as pastor referred to, it was incredible. The youth, there was a magnetism with uh, Pastor Tim and Pastor Rudy, they, they just attracted the young people. And here they are, having waited until the 55 and better. And I'm a lot better. <laughs> and, and as I said, the youth, they waited, they waited. The food was ready. They waited, they waited, because... They wanted to get to this sacred place here where they would receive encouragement, a word from the Lord, and prayer. And lives were changed. And so this year we were getting ready. Last year we had a camp. And um, the leader of the camp, an American pastor, he paid for the whole thing. Uh, he paid um, $3,000. He said, I want the kids to come who can't to afford it. He'd pay for the whole thing. It cost $3,000. He said, I'll pay for everything. When he saw the response of these children to the gospel, he was so powerfully moved they said, Roy, next year I want double. <laughs> 80 kids. So I agreed right away, but we didn't have the facilities for 80 kids. But sometimes you've got to say yes in faith, you know. Uh, speak the word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And so we had to get ready because, you know, you, you get 80 kids. You know, they're out there playing soccer or volleyball or doing whatever they do. They need a shower. <laughs> and we didn't have enough. So here is our hot water solar system 
for the hot water. The sun shines on that wall and all that piping. I tried it, and you turn on the hot water on the shower, you can't keep your hand under there, the water is so hot. And so there's our hot water system, and there's our, uh, our four showers. One person gave us the funds to build those four additional showers, and that's what one of the showers looks like. Yes, we do have privacy curtains and everything like that, but uh, there is our showers, and then, of course, they eat. And after they eat, um, well, we, we build five-star outhouses. I mean, uh, they, they are so good that, uh, well, you have to just come and try it. <laughs> and so all this took time preparing. And then I realized we didn't have dining facilities. We had facilities for like uh, uh, 30 or 40. So we decided to build a new dining hall. And that young lady there is my daughter. And that fine six foot four tall young man is my grandson. And they are using a post hole digger because um, they're going to put in posts. And then on those posts, they're going to put uh, some structure on it. Oh, there's my, my daughter and son. They're, they're mixing concrete for the first time. They weren't doing cement. Cement is an ingredient of concrete. Uh, I know many of you know this, but in order to get concrete, you've got sand, gravel, cement, water, muscle, and you mix that all together and you pour that into the hole and the next morning that post ain't moving nowhere. You know, so they built the post and yeah, I got involved in it too. Uh, and uh, that's my brother-in-law. Oh, my brother-in-law, Alan and my sister are here. Alan, would you say something please? He's standing over there. That's the engineer and the professor at ODU. Amen. Amen. So he's retired, and my sister says, don't expect him to come and do some physical work there, you know. Um, you know, you just go easy on him because he's retired. Well, I didn't have to say anything. He saw the need, and he, he, he got going. Now, he's on a ladder, and right there, what he's doing is preparing to install the support for the uh, overhead projector that's uh, coming. And, um, oh, and uh, my sister, she's the professor of chemistry, retired. Carol Tulla. Hello. 
Yeah. Amen. Amen. A young man, did you offer me a bottle of water? I accept. <laughs> okay. And I keep moving on. And so there is my daughter and grandson. And now that's the new dining hall. And they're putting a, a roof on it. And there's with the roof on it and our celebratory uh, flags around it. And we were able to buy the uh, benches and... Uh, tables under there, and uh, there it is filled with, with kids. Thank you, Townsend. Isn't he an incredible boy? I mean, a young man, you know, he's, uh, uh, he came out from among them and is separate, having heard and perceived and followed the call of God on his life. And uh, I must commend the musicians. Yeah. I mean, the musician, music. You, know, you got six of them up here. They, uh, they led us into the presence of the Lord. And then the warmth. I mean, one precious sister, you know, we came in. And, uh, you know, we're eight months over there and four months here. And, uh, boy, the sister with the nice white hair came over. And, boy, she, she gave me this warmest welcome hug. And I liked it. Thank you. Okay, excuse me. Okay, let's keep moving here. The camps. As my brother-in-law said, um, we have visitors coming all the time. Announced, unannounced, they just show up. We had some missionary families just show up, and they came over from the United States, and they were not accepted where they were sent. They said, we don't want you here. So they had no place to go, and they came to us. We had them for three months. They just showed up, and uh, that's happened more than once. But uh, these are the camps, and that is the, the tabernacle. And what's the name of that tabernacle? Can you help me now? That's right. Caleb, 85 years old, he goes to Joshua, you give me that mountain. I don't care if there's giants on that mountain, you give me that mountain. The Lord promised me that mountain. And I'd like to suggest, what did the Lord promise you? When are you going to stand before God and say, Lord, give me that mountain? 
You promised that mountain 40 years ago. So what? The promises of God are not a null effect because of time passing. And uh, so, so I said, you know, um, I didn't think of my age uh, in the relation to it, but it just seemed right. Caleb Tabernacle. And so this is what we built in order to provide for these 80 kids that this pastor said. And that's a nighttime shot. It's magnificent. I have to tell you, when I'm over at my office and the kids are in there and they're worshiping and they're singing, that music drifts through the night air and just fills that whole area with the precious presence of God. And, uh, and my wife is going to come with Sister Rodica in just a minute. But here's the 115, not 80, 115 children, youth, leaders showed up. And this is the way it looks like inside during one of the daytime processes. Don't tell me, please, that Roy, you're too old. I'm just getting started. I think white hair is license to not have to provide for the kids and the family. They're gone. Now it's your turn. One sister, she lost her husband. And uh, I knew him, his friend, knew her. And after an appropriate amount of time, I said to her sister, do you know, now perhaps is a time where you could come to Romania and work with us. And her answer was, oh no, I can't leave my grandchildren. Well, I did. And I'd like to know who, who runs your life, your grandchildren or here? perceive, and follow. Well, I didn't say all that to her, you know, because God can change. Now, this is another camp, <clears throat> and these kids are from Austria, Serbia, and all over Romania. Now, ostensibly, it's for the kids, but, you know, we have a lot of youth and a lot of um, uh, leaders there. It's a magnificent time. And just to give you a a shot of some of the kids that are there. That young lady is from the orphanage. This woman, oh, uh, Sister Rodica and Melania, would you come, please, and talk about what happened? I remember these, uh, I was in our home and the Ce other... Pot românește? Am fost în casa noastră. Uh, they were in their house. I'm going to interpret really quickly. And I started hearing all this noise and children crying. So I went to um, Jericho to see what was happening. But I... And I met this um, young lady. 
ea nu poate opri din plâns, plânge, plânge și prietena ei stânga și dreapta. She couldn't stop crying, so she had a friend on her right and a, another friend on the left. So I um, perceived, I started to understand that the Holy Spirit had just touched her. Și am mers mai departe acolo, să merg acolo. So then I uh, continued to go to uh, Jericho. Yes. În cabana albă. When I arrived there, the children were all crying uncontrollably. They they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were so overwhelmed that they couldn't stop weeping. So um I asked them, but you know, what, what is happening? And one of the pastors there was also asking, what is, what is going on with the children? And he asked them, uh, which of you are orphan? Which of you have uh, grown up in a divorced family? Which of you have uh, ever um, um, thought about committing suicide? And the pastor called the children up, you know, all these children that he, he called. So once, once this happened, the pastor started praying for these children. They all, the Holy Spirit just fell and all of them were so overwhelmed that they just started weeping and, and just an uncontrollable joy of the Lord overtook them. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unforgettable experiences. These children, these youth are experiencing in the former communistic nation of Romania. The Spirit of God is, is moving there. And this young lady happens to be the daughter of a pastoral couple in Romania. And it was the boys and the girls. The boys, it's like a, I wouldn't say a quarter of a mile, but there's a little distance between the tabernacle and their dorm. And all the way from the tabernacle to the I mean, boys rush, you know, uh, balloon fights, water fights, uh, Uh, volleyball, you know, rugged little fellows just weeping because of the touch of God upon their lives. They walked all the way back to the dorm. I think they fell asleep. <laughs> Experiencing the love and the forgiveness and the grace of God. It's uh, so beautiful. And so I just want to show you some more of these beautiful kids. I'm saving the best for last. I think this is the last one. This kid, I, I sense the call of God on his life because he's just, <laughs> just out of the box and so on. And so I'm thinking, you know, next year we've got to have more camps, bigger camps, and uh, so on. And, uh, you know, it's not working that way. Uh, yes, we have camps, and these camps happened this past year, but we can't predict that. 
But what has happened is back in 2017, a subgroup of this Adventures in Missions send out young people, they call it World Race, and between the ages of 21 and 35, and they spend one month with us at Apavia. The pastor, Sister Pastor Rodica, pastors, we need you, you know, to, to speak into the lives of these young people. They're looking uh, for, for guidance, you know, and, uh, and, and so on. Well, you know, I perceive it as, you know, a trust from God that uh, we, not just I, we, speak into their lives. And so this is one of the first teams we had. This was back, the first one was in 2017. I think this was, group was from 2018. This was uh, this year, 2019, back in the uh, springtime. And these gals worked hard. I mean, they just don't just sit and pray, and they do that, but uh, they worked hard. And here is the group, the, the latest group that we had. You know, they're, they're smart, they're intelligent, they're creative. There's, uh, one of them is a registered nurse. You know, they got college under their belt, but they're seeking, hear, perceive, and follow the will of God for their life. And though you have been perhaps broken, and you, you think maybe your, your, your time has passed, and so on. And I would like to encourage you to say, don't let your dream die. God who raises the dead took this 60-year-old man struggling through a transition time in life and did something unthinkable. And so here's his world race team and Look what they're carrying on doing here. They're working with orphans, children. We have an orphanage we work with. And so we sent them over there for the day. Here was that first team. They were breaking down the walls of this building to build the conference center. Here these young ladies are putting together the, um, the ping pong table. It came all disassembled. They're smart. I gave them the directions. I gave them the tools. I said, put it together. They put it together. And uh, what's the next one? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the front entrance to the uh, conference center. And here they are with that post hole digger. Uh, my daughter and her grandson left, and they took over the job. And that wall behind them, they put those bricks on and built that wall you see behind them. You just show them, show them how to mix the mortar, and they get it, they get it quickly, and they worked hard, they built the wall, and now we're digging post hole, and here they are, they're digging out the hole by machine and by hand to place the new posts. Now, I struggled with putting this picture up there because there was a defect with this camera that made me look a little bit more round than I really am. <laughs> but I, 
I just remember clearly this darling little princess coming up and she had no fear. She demanded my attention and she got it. Like you demand God's attention and do you get it? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Every time. I love being a missionary. Now, I admire pastors. I was there for 20 years, well, more than that, but the last church I passed 20 years, and we built from four people a congregation approaching 300. It was tough. It wasn't always easy. And I had to sit in board meetings and decide what color the carpet should be, how thick the cushion should be, what temperature should we keep the air conditioning, and what about Susan? She was offended because the music was too loud, and Brother Bill couldn't hear the music at all. And I had to sit in the middle of that and try to resolve this. I said, I'm done with that stuff. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, ain't going back. I'm a missionary now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I love being a missionary. Somebody said, if you love what you're doing, you'll never, another, not, you'll never work another day of your life. Well, this is what I was put on earth to do. Now, uh, I share with this not in a begging uh, attitude, but in a sharing vision attitude. Our backyard neighbor is, uh, was a local judge, a woman who sat in the local court and, of course, was the judge, and uh, she went to heaven. And her house sits there, and I understand it was one of the most magnificent houses in our village, fully equipped, uh, well water inside, and bathrooms and kitchens and everything like that. And uh, we heard that uh, there was sale for 100,000 euros. I can't even touch that. And then I heard it was for 50,000 years. I still couldn't touch it. I could build a house new for 50,000 euros. We have the land. And then while we're home now, and we're back in the States for almost a month, my wife gets a, uh, a uh, email from the mayor's former secretary. And uh, she says, uh, uh, they would like to offer it to you for 38,000 euros. And you can see that's $42,000. Immediately my heart leapt within me. And I said, I want that property. For God, what am I going to do? Live there? I'm not going to do that. And, but, but, but Roy, uh, you're, you're old, you know. It's like the man, he was planting a tree in the back of his property, and his neighbor says, hey, Joe, what are you doing? You're planting a tree there? He says, yeah, I'm planting an apple tree. He says, you're never going to eat apples from that apple tree. He says, I'm not planting it for me. I'm planting it for my grandchildren. Well, I want this property because after me, there's going to come somebody. somebody's going to come and they're going to take that ministry to where I can't bring it. And like David, he couldn't build a temple, but sure enough, he set everything up for Solomon to come and build a temple. He had all the lumber, all the stuff. All he needed was the man to build it. 
And so uh, we're trusting the Lord to go back to Romania with $55,000. How much you've got so far, Roy? 5,000. Eh, about 10%. Anyway, um, so let's move on. This is, this is our village, part of my back here. This is from Google Maps, you see. Now, this, uh, this square, that's our property. Uh, this here is one, two, three properties. We own these three properties. We own this piece of property, and this is Jericho. This is where we have the Caleb Tabernacle. It's right there. No, the tabernacle is right here, and so on. Now, this judge's property is right there. And you can see that this, this is where we live. This is our house. And Joshua, uh, the conference, is over here with the Caleb Tabernacle. And uh, this property is going to be sold to us, we hope, when the Grandma dies. She doesn't want to sell it, but the family does. But they got to wait for Grandma to go to heaven. But then this piece of property is a double piece of property, and this is the house of which we speak. And so we're, we're trusting the Lord to, uh, to provide for that, and God only knows how he's going to provide that. One person, you know, the right person could just write out a check for it and, you know, be done with it. And so, and so here's my suggestion. That's your $1 Big Mac right there. And Romanians, especially my wife, she doesn't like banks. She doesn't trust banks. She bought her apartment, the two apartments. She never went to the bank to get the money to get it because she has the envelope system of savings. And so every now and then, whenever she gets, she puts it in an envelope and she's got a, a row of envelopes. You know, this one for that and this one. And it's amazing how it accumulates. And we have windows in because she wanted them and she saved up the money. So my suggestion is, is dear saints, that if God so puts it on your heart and I ask for permission to share this with you from Pastor Rodica, that uh, every day, instead of buying that value meal, $1 hamburger, that won't satisfy Anyway, at least not a man of my uh, stature. So you take that $1, you put it in an envelope, and at the end of the month, you bring an envelope with $30 into the church. And on the front of the envelope, you say, for Romania. Just a suggestion. Now, I did that with a medical doctor. We were in Chicago area, and I sat at the table, and I suggested the medical doctor. And, you know, she took us up on it. And uh, I, the church is going to send us a check, I hope. Now here, inside that Caleb tabernacle, things are happening. Preaching, music is going on. And my professor of chemistry sister... The Spirit of God moves upon her and she stood at the entrance of that tabernacle as though somebody standing in the gap. And she said, no spirit 
of distraction is getting in here over my living, prayerful, standing in the gap body and nothing is coming out there until God is finished. And I was watching that and I got that classic pose of my sister, magnificent, standing in the gap. If you ever stood in the gap, and interceded with God for anything. You'll never forget it. You're wrestling with God. You've got your hands on the horns of the altar. And you're like Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And so there it is. So, dear saints, God is still speaking. And even if you've got white hair, God is still speaking. Hear, perceive, and then follow. Why not? Because this is not just for Roy. It's for every one of us. If your gift is cooking, we need you. God needs you. If your gift is hospitality, God needs you. If you're a carpenter, God needs you. If you're a preacher, God needs you. If, you're, if your name is Joe and God has called you to reach out, to those have been abused. We need you, Joe, because we deal with that in Romania. In fact, some of those kids that came forward in that strategic meeting were there for that very reason. And so thank you, Christian Embassy. I think I've gone beyond my time. So I'll just uh, say the magic word that every preacher who's long-winded should say, and that's, Amen. Amen. Pastor.